Hey everybody, welcome to episode 94 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week, I give my thoughts, eventually, on the Equinox 800. So, let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy the show this week. But before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at DetectingThe or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. If you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on SpeakPipe.com forward slash The Metal Detecting Show. The link will be in the show notes. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can actually do so now with BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash metal detecting and lastly and most importantly if you like this content and would like more please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button hey everybody i hope you had a great week this week and got out hunting i see that covid is starting to clear up eventually thank god can you believe it's nearly two years i started this podcast at the very start of covid back in march two years ago. I can't believe it's still two years. But what that means is it's time to get out there, guys, and start getting your permissions. That's my plan anyways. I plan to get out, get some permissions and get started again now this year. This week, I actually do my long overdue review of the Knox 800. I have talked about it previously in a tech timeout and we've talked about some of the features in a few, a few episodes, but I just realized during the week I never actually did a proper and full review of the Knox 800. Why now? Well, we have the legend coming out. We have the Deus 2 out. So I felt, you know what, it's probably time to do a review of the Knox 800. Plus, it's safe to say I've been using it long enough now to be able to have an informed decision around the Knox. I am not going to talk about the features. You can all go and read the manual. It's all out there. There's plenty of people who do a review and all to talk about is the features and oh, iron bias and FE2 and oh, it's amazing and dig everything. And I'm not going to talk about the features. I'm going to talk about how I found it to use day to day issues I've had and would I recommend it as a purchase now considering the legend is coming out and the DS2. Right, but before we start, I want to do some significant shout outs to my Patreons, and to my coffee buyers. There are two, one being Todd A, and the other being Mervyn Cooney. Mervyn, a long-time supporter of the podcast, and, and Todd, a new supporter of the podcast. I just want to really call out my appreciation to these two guys and acknowledge that I actually do owe you guys T-shirts and stickers, and they're on the way. I'm on it. Um, I got a bit of a setback with the whole T-shirt thing, but I think I've rectified that now, so they're on the way soon, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Just to give you a heads up, there may not be a podcast episode next week. I have just been called for jury duty and um, I'm expected to go in, sit in a courthouse for the next week, next week. So I may not have time to get a release. I'm not sure how it works, but hopefully I will. If you hear of me next week, you know, my jury duty was very short lived. But if there's no episode next week, you can be sure I'm still stuck in a courthouse deliberating with Matlock on murder she wrote or whatever it is I'm looking at in the courthouse next week. But yeah, I suppose before we start the, I suppose, pseudo review of the Knox, I need to call out. I've called it out a few times. I would consider myself a MindLab fanboy. So I've always been pro MindLab. And I suppose that was why I bought the Equinox 800 back in the time. I'd, I'd point out, 
I did buy it myself. This is not a paid promotion. I bought it coming from the CTX. My CTX at the time was giving me a little bit of bother. So I had sent it in for a repair and I sort of felt maybe it's coming to the end of its life. But of course, it got repaired fully by MindLab's excellent aftercare service. So I ended up with two detectors, the Knox 800 and the CTX 3030, um, which I love. I love the CTX 3030. But like I said, complete MindLab fanboy back when I bought this in 2018, I think. Considering that I was a total MindLab fanboy, my first initial impressions weren't actually good, were not good at all. The box opening experience was standard, nothing to write home about. I did like the headphones, the fast Bluetooth. It did come with the needless WM08 module, yeah, which I never used and I still have it there. And, you know, I find these modules a bit proprietary and no need for them. Anyways, I was happy enough with the headphones, didn't need the WM08 and my box opening experience wasn't great from the start. Went straight away into assembling it and another disappointment, I didn't like the proprietary charging setup with the magnetic latching mechanism to latch on the, the charging cable to the back of the unit. Now, I get the whole brass spring coupling, you know, to keep the hedge unit watertight. I get the need for that. It is innovative to have the magnets on it. But I suppose anybody who follows me on Instagram would know that about two years ago, I had a situation where I had, I was about to plug in my charging cable only to realize that I had a metal shard shorting across the two pins being held on by the magnet. So for me, I was, oh, that was a lucky escape. But yeah, I didn't like the proprietary nature of the charging circuitry. And I suppose if you look, look at it from a European perspective, Europe is pushing to standardize all charging circuitry. So, so a standardized USB connection, USB-C and a standardized charger. Now that brings me on to the next point. Didn't come with a charger. From day one, I was having issues, no charger, didn't like the charging cable, needless WM08. So I had to spend, God, I remember a good 30 minutes on that day checking all my chargers. Now, I do have too many and we do have too many of them. But considered they made a significant investment in documenting the fact that if you had a two amp charger, it would charge quicker than a one amp charger. And this should have included a two amp charger. Now, they did include a two amp charger as an extra add-on which of course you had to buy so you know it wasn't the normal mine lab experience i'd come to being used to with the ctx and the quattro before that so first impressions were off to a bad start other issues on first impressions the shaft it just looked like a crutch i don't know i don't know what you call them in america but we call them in europe a crutch you break your leg the hospital gives you a crutch and it has those um pin locking adjustment holes that you can adjust the length of the crutch pushing the pin like the shaft of the Knox. it's exactly the same i was like going oh my god i'd come from a carbon fiber shaft on the quattro to the carbon fiber shaft on the ctx 30 to this i would have to say middle of the road mid-ranged shaft on the Knox. so i wasn't very happy at all considering i had paid a thousand euro for this Assembly was your standard metal detecting experience. At that point, screw in bits here, add the coil, plug in things, screw in things, make sure all the seals were good. The standard experience. But I was not happy. I do remember I was really unhappy about this whole shaft experience. Like I said, I got it charged up and my first impressions were not that good. But that was all forgiven when I got out on my first hunt. As I always do, I don't read the manual. <laughs> Why would you? 
I specifically don't read the manual for the first few hunts just to see how user friendly it is. And I did the same with the simplex and it really gives you a feel of how the user experience is and is it intuitive or whatever. And I did the same with the Knox. I do remember on the first hunt, the headphones were a bitch to pair. I was like, oh my God, I couldn't turn it on, turn it off. But that was the only problem I had in the first day. Straight away, started swinging and it was significantly lighter and better balanced than the CTX. And straight away, I loved it. Now, at the time, my primary hunting was beaches and parks, essentially parks that were beside beaches, really. So everything was beach related. And as we know now and looking back, the Knox was a beast on the beach. I loved it straight away. I was powering around the beaches, hoovering up coins for the next two years. There was no fatigue in using it compared to the CTX. And considering that first hunt was four years ago, it is still my go-to metal detector on the beach. I love it from that point of view. Now, outside of that, I suppose the Knox 600 and 800, but let's say the Knox 800, whether, whether you consider this true or not, it really did change the face of metal detecting. We had the multi-frequency come in, which was a real ball, real ball breaker, a real game changer for metal detecting on the beach. Detector was so quiet when you got on the beach compared to anything else. It's an amazing experience. Now, I think that Knox has been out since 2017. So it's taken competitors five years to come up with viable competition to the Knox. So really and truly, you can say it has changed the face of metal detecting. I would say brands are iterating on it. Now, so I've had it for four years. I still love it. There has been issues along the way. It hasn't been plain sailing. One of my main issues was the lack of a six inch coil from Coiltech. That really frustrated me at the time. And considering it took four years for that coil to become available. And when it did become available, I couldn't afford to buy it and it wasn't available. Um, so and then it became available and it wasn't available again. So for me, that was quite frustrating. But like I said, it wasn't plain sailing. So then, you know, speaking of coils, we had the coil collar issue, which resulted in people having to 3D print coil supports. So what the coil collar issue was, coil collars obviously breaking on the Knox coils, resulting in the community designing and 3D printing supports to strengthen the existing coil covers. So, of course, being an owner of a 3D printer, that was one of the upgrades I had to do immediately. I wouldn't say that was necessarily an issue, but it did absolutely tarnish the good quality name of MindLab. Issue I did have was shaft wobble, so swinging the coil at the start of a hunt would have been fine, but by the end of the hunt, it started to wiggle and wobble at the end of it. I rectified this myself by adding some scotch tape or cello tape, is what we call it, around it, just to give that little bit of bit of a bite for the catch to catch onto. My shaft also filled up with sand, and I had to check it all the time. It became a regular operation for me to just double-check my shaft before I started. A big worry I had at one time was the Knox was giving me some chatter when I increased the sensitivity on the beach. I was able to figure out that it was not necessarily a problem with the Knox, but a problem with the location where I was causing my mobile phone to go into 100% mode looking for a signal tower, which caused some sensitivity issues on the Knox in that situation. And you can see a few other people online had a similar problem. But all that required was for me to switch my mobile phone into airplane mode when I was in that specific location. Another minor issue I've had, which actually is, is an issue right now for me, is my screen cover. Just through general heat and wear and tear has bubbled up and my screen itself is it's not really visible. For me, it's not a major problem. 
It's not really MindLab's problem. I should invest some time in fixing that issue. But yeah, they were the main issues I've had over the four years. The shaft filling with sand, the shaft wobble. Now, I know I could fix those issues, and I didn't. I intended to invest in a carbon fiber shaft for the Knox, and maybe I will. And that would rectify both those issues. But we're talking about a review of the actual Knox itself and not adding third-party accessories to it and making it making it workable. So yeah, I did have those issues with the shaft. The coil collars, I think everybody's had that concern and that issue. Another issue that drives me crazy, actually, is the cuff. The strap on the cuff is... I really feel that we could do a better design on the cuff and the knocks. I don't hunt in a t-shirt. In a t-shirt, I imagine you just throw your arm through it. But when you're wearing a couple of layers uh, on an Irish beach, you know, it's quite cold. So you've got your, your long sleeve t-shirt, your, maybe you have a hoodie and maybe you have a coat on. To get your arm through the cuff in and out is a bit of a disaster. I've contemplated removing the cuff or replacing the cuff with something of my own design, maybe. But, you know, it, it is a major frustration for me. I take my arm out of the cuff, put my arm back in. I have to fix my sleeve. And maybe that's a sensory thing. I just don't like my sleeve to be bunched up. But the cuff is driving me crazy a little bit. To recap the issues we've had with the cuff, the shaft wobble and the shaft filling up with sand. The coil collars was more of a worry than something that affected me. But I did, I did have the luxury of a 3D printer to print my own coil covers, which helped. So I know this sounds like a bit, of a bit of a negative review at the end with the issues I've had. But would I recommend somebody buy the Knox? Absolutely, yes, of course I would. It's a great machine. Right now, I know people will be saying, oh, the Legend and the DS2 is coming out. Yeah, but right now, the Knox is the best pound for pound all-round beach detector. If you're a regular detectorist, I'd recommend the Knox. However, if you're just a casual person who's going out once a month, once every two months, I wouldn't recommend the Knox at all. It's quite expensive to just be taking it out on a casual basis. If you're a beach hunter, absolutely, you have to have it. Ultimately, the performance of the Knox has outweighed all the negatives that I have experienced to date. We haven't had anything really for five years from MindLab. It's time for them to come out with something new. I suspect they will. They tend to pick and choose their moments. We did have an episode at the start of 2021 my God, about what MindLab were planning on releasing. There was five potential new machines coming out or technologies, and we've seen nothing of them since. And that's over a whole year now. So there's definitely something on the horizon. So would I buy the Legend? Would I buy the DS2? Or would I wait for a new MindLab machine? Or would I buy the Knox? I'd buy the Knox. What I would do, <laughs> I'd wait till the Legend comes out. Or you might see it now with the DS2 where people will start selling off their second-hand knocks. Pick one up. They're a great machine for the beach, especially if you're not in a position to buy the Legend or the DS. Yeah, and that's it for this week, guys. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. If you do, like, follow, do all that stuff on social media. You can check out our YouTube channel. Uh, there is videos coming up there soon. You can check out Instagram. I've let that die a little bit. I only really put up notifications around the podcast on that. But check out the Discord server. I do try and dip in and out of there every now and again. I'm terrible at it, but there is some great people in there. So check it out. And that's it, guys. I hope you liked the episode. And I'll chat to you all again next week. Yeah.